Girl on Purpose Radio, episode number 50. Yay, 50! Welcome back to another episode of Girl on Purpose Radio. My name is Vivian Tenorio. I am the former CEO of Signature Flan, turn radio and TV host. And each and every weekday, you are given the opportunity to join me and my amazing guest as we share our spirited stories of our successes, our failures, as well as incredible tips and insights for starting a business and finding fulfillment. We are definitely opening up our playbooks and paving the way for you to take our lead. Thank you for spending this time with me. Now let's get started. Hello, my beautiful people. Today on the show, I have Tito Beverage. How perfect is that name? Tito is the founder of Tito's Homemade Vodka, another amazing Austin-based company. So Tito is a geologist, and in 1997, he decided to become the first legal distiller in the state of in the history of the state of Texas so he built this one room shack and his story is one of those rags to riches story you really have to listen to this interview grab some paper because he is dropping some great nuggets for those of you out there that don't know what to do with your life and haven't found your purpose or you haven't found anything that you're really passionate about um, Tito tells you how he was able to find you know, his purpose and his dream job, you know, he created that. So he had a lot of failures. It has not been easy for him, but he did it. The liquor business is a tough, tough business. So he was able to do it. And I mean, his story is so great. You guys are going to love him. He is a sweetheart and he gives a lot of great, I told him you need to write that book, Tito, because I think he's, his story is great. And you know, the, the good old Texas boy advice that he gives is so wonderful and you can tell it really truly comes from his heart. He is so honest and just open about everything. So Tito, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a real pleasure chatting with you today. Here you guys go. I hope you enjoy this interview. Hello, hello, my beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of Girl on Purpose. On today's show, I am so thrilled to have my guest today. You guys may have seen his amazing vodka around the country. Today on the show, I am excited to introduce you guys to Tito Beverage, founder of Tito's Handmade Vodka. Welcome to the show, Tito. Well, thank you, Vivian. I'm happy to have to be on it. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. We are so excited. Listeners are excited to hear your story, and I am excited to bring it to them because I know you have a really great story and inspirational as well. So Tito is a geologist with an unlikely path to becoming a famed micro distiller. So Tito, I want to start by you sharing your story. How did you get into the vodka business, and how did all this begin for you? Let's share that with the listeners so they know where you're coming from. Well, I uh, I started off. I'd worked on an oil rig uh, in uh, here in Texas. Became a geologist and geophysicist. Uh, went and worked for an oil company. And got laid off. I started an oil company and went broke. I worked for a geophysical company as a seismic data processor and a seismic acquisition guy, and and ran 
hella portable dynamite seismic crews in Venezuela and Colombia. And finally, oil business got better again, and I went uh, back to Texas, had a drilling company outside of Houston, and George Bush Sr. did Desert Storm 1, and it killed the oil business again. And I moved back to Austin, where I'd gone to college, worked for an environmental company. Uh, I got tired of going to landfills, got a job with a mortgage company. Rates went up a couple of points. I was making flavored vodkas for my friends, just doing infusions for Christmas presents. And all of a sudden, people around Austin started calling me the vodka guy. And <laughs> and I saw this guy on TV that said, you know, if you're trying to figure out what to do with your life, to take a sheet of paper, draw a line down the middle on one side, put what you love to do, and the other side, put what you're good at, good at, and come up with your dream job and I did that and just decided that uh, I need to get in the liquor business and uh, went to a liquor store tried to sell my infusions the guy said that uh, this was back in like 1994 and he was like you know those got those you know those flavored vodkas you know they don't do any volume what else you like to drink and I named about everything that there was to sell on the market first thing out of my mouth was vodka and he goes you know that's a good category and uh anyway ultimately after we talked about it he was like you know there's just 80 vodkas and you know they're all multinational billion dollar corporations you know you can't do it i explained to him i'd seen this guy on tv you know and i've done my dream job list and (laughs) and you know he's and he's, you know, thought for a while, and he goes, you know, if you could make something really smooth that a girl could drink straight, then you might have something. And uh, I asked him how you do that, and he goes, I don't know. Your guy wants to get in the vodka business. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I talked to a bunch of people in the oil field that had been to, to uh, you know, Saudi and and uh, Oman and Libya and Kuwait and and uh, you can't have liquor over there, and they're all a bunch of Texans and you know guys from Australia and Louisiana, and so I'd go over there and they'd brew their own beer and make their own wine, and I'd done that, and, and then they're telling me about making their own stills, and so I ended up, you know, deciding I'd just make my own still and you know try it out every kind of grain, and I like corn the best, kind of imparted a little you know, sweetness to it, a little kind of vanilla, caramel note to it. And, and uh, you know, really was just trying to make like 1200 bucks a month and ended up making a national vodka brand, Tito's Handmade Vodka. <laughs> I love it. a crazy ride. I love it, Tito. I love your story. And I know that listeners are going to be like, what? They're going to love your story as well. So you are in these different kinds of, you're in the oil business, you're in the mortgage business, you're a geologist. These things don't work out for you. You know, other people would have just said, you know, I'm just going to work for somebody and just stop this entrepreneur kind of dream that I have. But you didn't. You kept trying. And then you watch this PBS show where this man is telling you to write down the things that you're good at and the things that you like. And you sat down and did that. And it came, you came to the conclusion that liquor was it. And um, I love that. I love that people, I don't think people think about sitting down and writing those things out. And it really did work out for you. You know, the, you know, he had a really sound reasoning. And, and my my granddad uh, had told me years before 
you know, that, that always just go and do something that you love to do, that the worst thing that can happen is you'll be old and, you know, and on your deathbed, you'll look back at your life and say, every day of my life, I did something that I love to do. And, uh, he had told me that and I just, you know, kind of brushed it off. And it wasn't until I'd done a lot of stuff that I just really did not love to do, but just kind of did it to, you know, put food on the table and, you know, and have a place to live. And I did that for, you know, for a long time. And finally I saw this guy on TV and it just reminded me of my granddad and, you know, and it, and it made sense. You know, he was just like, you know, the worst thing that can happen is that, that you do something that you love to do that you're good at every day of your life. Since you're, you love to do it and you're good at it, you'll probably think about it more and spend more time at it. And, you know, and, you know, you'll end up doing something that won't even feel like it's work because you love to do it and you're good at it. Right. You know, that just, it made sense. Right, right. So tell me this. So you have the idea, you sit down and write your little, your form or, and you make your list and you figure out it's liquor. You talk to this guy at the liquor store. He's telling you make something for a girl that um, they can take straight. Smooth. Yeah, that is smooth for them. Yeah. So when was your aha moment? So you build this shack. And you're perfecting your recipe. At what point do you go, I'm on to something? Well, it was it was really kind of a, a you know a slow burn. It you know, it took me a long time to you know to get it kind of up and running and profitable. But I you know I'd, you know I'd managed you know my expenses and you know I got to where I just you know I didn't really need a whole lot. And uh, and really, I just kind of had a a break that was kind of backhanded. A a guy had had uh, written a book, and he had a a picture of me and my dog in front of my my still, and uh, and he had put like all everything about the vodka that he had put in the book was was incorrect, you know. And I mean, here I am, I'm like a one man show. You know, my friends would come after work and help me bottle and stuff. And, you know, and I read this thing, and I'm just like, oh, man, the guy got everything wrong. And Tony Abugan, I'm up at the Bellagio Hotel in, like, 1998, uh, decided that he's going to have the best spirits in the world. He didn't care who made them. And he'd have the distillers come up and talk to his staff. And it's really kind of the beginning of the whole mixology revolution. And... He called me up one day, and you know, I was fixing a boiler, and I answered the phone, and and uh, you know, he asked me to come up and do some seminars up at the Bellagio, and and uh, you know, I ultimately went up there and and did it, and it it seemed like those you know hundred and something bartenders just went all over the world, and kind of started this whole you know high end you know respectful you know mixology bartender you know kind of deal and they took Tito's with them and so and then Tony called me up you know a couple years later and asked me you know to come to San Francisco for the World Spirits competition and I didn't have any enough money to do it and I sent a couple of bottles and I ended up winning best vodka in the world you know unanimous judges choice for the World Spirits competition so that kind of kind of reaffirmed it but now I think that you know, that whole Bellagio thing was just like a really, you know, a huge, I mean, in the end, it you know, ended up being a huge deal. It didn't seem like it at the time, but it, 
in the end, these guys kind of went everywhere and took, took Tito's with them. Amazing. So whenever people are starting a business and a liquor business, I can imagine is tough. So I can, I can imagine there's two areas where uh, people would stop two obstacles that most people, you know, not even in the liquor business in any business that would really stop people first funding, second distribution. So let's talk funding first. How did you manage to grow and you were the first legal distiller in the history of the state of Texas. So talk to us about funding. How were you able to fund this business and expand it? Well, it was, uh, you know, it, it was really tough. I, I uh, started out, you know, I tried to raise money, and everybody said, you can't do it. You won't get the, you know, you won't get the uh, the permits. And then I went and ended up, you know, just going ahead, and I just built this little shack and, uh, you know, and, and started doing it just as a real, you know, little low-key deal. And, uh, you know, convinced regulators and, and everything that that took longer than I thought. And then I finally came out with a product and, and, uh, you know, I, you know, I really just back then just did it with a bunch of credit cards and, you know, and just had this 998 square foot kind of T11 siding shack on the cheapest dirt in Travis County and, you know, here in Austin. And, uh, you know, and I, I kept thinking I was going to get money and, and kept going. And it was, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, it, it was very, very stressful. You know, I mean, I'd wake up in the morning and, you know, smile on my face and all of a sudden just realized that, you know, I was broke and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd go and I'd write all my checks for my bills and I'd, stick the number under where you'd put a stamp on the envelope and then, a, you know, money would come in or I'd get a new credit card or something. I'd, you know, I'd mail out what I could. I love it. Your, but, uh, your story is so inspirational, Tito, because people can, when they see it now, you know, the polished product and Tito out there promoting and expanding his brand, they probably think, you know, this guy had it together. He had all the funds. He, he had connections, but that is not the case. I mean, you were charging credit cards and, you know, paycheck to paycheck practically. If I had done, I mean, I, the, one of the funniest things is, is when I started this, I thought that like Booker's and Baker's Knob Creek and and all these you know small batch bourbons were little distilleries, and so I thought, well, I'm just going to do a vodka distillery that's a little distillery, and I'm going to follow in their footsteps. And then about three years later, uh, a Jim Beam marketing guy goes, "Oh, those are my babies," and I'm like, "Well, so you're the guy that runs these little distilleries?" And he's like, "Oh no, that's all just Jim Beam. We make like a thousand barrels a day, and you know we take." one barrel and we make this brand we take 25 barrels we make this brand we take you know jim beam we put in sherry cast we make this brand and i'm like well who are all the little distilleries and it's like i've been in the business for 35 years you're the only one i've ever heard of and you know and right then i just kind of fell i kept fell through the floor but you know funny enough it's just like i wouldn't have ever started it had i have thought that i was like the first guy you know starting the micro distillery craft, you know, American movement, you know, right. I, mean, I just, I just thought I was just kind of getting in on a, you know, on a deal, but I was just dumb enough, you know, and I've never <laughs> been to a distillery before. And, 
you know, I was basically just dumb enough to just, you know, think I was getting in on the trend <laughs> and didn't know that I was the trailblazer. <laughs> I mean, I love I mean, it. it, it yeah, you know, that's kind of how it is sometimes. It's like you know, I just you know I you know I I uh, I can't remember who it was on PBS, but I think that it, I think it was Tony Robbins. Cause, you know, I really do believe that that if you're going to be an entrepreneur, that you got to do something that you love to do, because you know it doesn't matter if you win or lose or whatever. You know, even if you win, I mean, when you're starting your own business i mean you you get beat up and it's tough and it doesn't matter you know what it doesn't you know it doesn't matter how lined out you you have things you know just stuff comes up and you know and it's just it's hard but it's you know but at the same time it's like live by the sword die by the sword you know you you know you make mistakes and you learn from it and you just kind of brush yourself off and keep on rolling and you know and in the end you know it's it's, you know, maybe you go through, I mean, like, like me, I look at my past, I'm like, you know, I failed at, you know, at several things, but I would not have been able to start this distillery had I have had not have gone and been in the oil field and learned, you know, I mean, if I had not had a science and engineering background and had had the experience that I had in the oil field, had I not been in the environmental built business and dealt with you know, people in the Water Commission and the EPA and regulators and reading code and stuff. And I've been in the mortgage business and worked out credit and knew how to do finance and stuff, you know. I mean, those failures that I had were actually the pillars that I built my business on. And, you know, I think that people don't don't understand that, you know, as long as you're doing something and, you know, and especially doing something that you enjoy doing, it's like you're building experience and that's what, that's what your future successes are built on. Oh, you need to write a book, Tito. <laughs> <laughs> write that book. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, I'm not a book writer. <laughs> hey, hire somebody. You need to tell your story. You, you're so inspirational. So let's talk the second obstacle. So funding was one. Distribution is another. I can imagine <laughs> distribution was hard. So talk to us about that. Getting distribution for your vodka. Well, I actually, uh, you know, people wouldn't put in, put money in because they said I wouldn't get distribution, and and it ended up that that they were right. You know, I was three days before my grand opening, and you know, the distributor that had told me that they take me on, they called me up and told me that they would not take me on. I was like, you have to. I've got you know three news crews, you know, TV news crews showing up for the, <laughs> you know opening of the first legal distillery in the history of Texas. They're like, no, sorry, we changed our mind. <laughs> and I called up some liquor stores, and they're like, yeah, I was afraid that that was going to happen. And I ended up finding a little wine distributor in uh, Houston that I was there. They had a permit to di distribute liquor, and uh, they had never had, and actually had forgotten that they had gotten this permit. And, uh, and I... You know, was their first liquor, and they're my first distributor. And then a year later, they're tired of me, you know, complaining about not uh, doing a good job for me. And they basically just like let me go. You know, told me, you know, we've got 96, you know, brands of liquor now. And, you know, we don't need you anymore. And they let me go, and I went to the big distributors, and uh, one of them, you know 
picked me up and you know and I you know I'd watch this wine company they'd sell a white white wine they'd sell a, a red wine and then uh, they go okay Tito you're on and uh, and I'd kind of copy them and I sold it in all the chains you know here in Texas and you know, it's taken me I mean, I'm going on 19 years you know and I've I finally got it all over the United States, you know, and they've got all, they've got everything. You know, the distributors, you go in the liquor store, you know, one's got half of, you know, half set and the other one's got the other half, or it's a control state, you know, in liquor, and the state runs the whole thing, and they've got everything. You know, so it's competitive and it's difficult, but, you know, I think that you make a great product, and, and people are smarter than the big corporations, you know, the big billion dollar corporations, people are smarter than than uh, those big corporations give them credit for. So they, they kind of see through it all and they, you know, they know when they're getting a great product at a reasonable price, you know, and I think it works out. I mean, that's what, that's how you get through the distribution, you know, the, you know, that, oh, that uh, hourglass, you know, the skinny part of the hourglass, you know, the way you get through that is to make a great product and you know, and charge a reasonable price and people are, you know, they think they're getting a value and, you know, and they, and they buy it and they tell their friends about it. Right. Right. That's how you do that. Right. So you've been, you've been in business quite a while now. So what, what obstacles or what are the hardest part today of, of continuing to expand your brand? Oh, you know, I think that, uh, that today, you know, it's just, I mean, kind of, you know, the old, you know, the more you do, the more you do more, you know, and you get to, uh, you get to a certain, and when you're the little guy, you know, it's like nobody cares, you know, and then you get to, you know, where you're starting to grow and you're taking, you know, the big company's market share and, you know, they don't like that, you know, and I mean, so they come out, you know, they, they've got a whole bag of tricks and stuff and there's just always a new obstacle and you know you get to a new level I you know I used to always say it's kind of like you're climbing up a cliff and you finally you know you get to the top and you you know and and you sit down and you look down and you're like oh my god I think I didn't fall down I would have died and your <laughs> fingers are all bloody and the wind's blowing in your hair and you're sweating through your shirt and you're going oh I made it and you look through the valley and you're like oh this is great I can't believe I made it you know, you're up on this plateau, and finally you have your moment. You get up, you turn around, and then there's a saber-toothed tiger sitting there just getting ready to eat your lunch. You know, like, <laughs> like dog, I don't even know that these things existed anymore, you know? I mean, to me, that's kind of business. You know, it's just, it doesn't matter where you get to, there's a whole new set of problems. You right, know? right. I so love that's kind of, that's what makes it challenging, and that's what, you know, ultimately, you know, makes it rewarding and fun is, you know, getting through those and, and you meet like great people, you know. You surround yourself with great people, and you meet, make a lot of new friends, and yeah, it's it's satisfying. Right, right. So, if you were not running and growing Tito's, what else would you be doing? Well, I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a family guy, and so I'm, you know, I raise three kids, and so I go to sports games, and you know, and I'm, you know, I'm, I you know, do all that stuff, and, and then, uh, you know, I like to fish, you know, and so there's, 
nice little lakes and rivers around here, and you know, I go fishing and and just I don't know. That's that's about it. Just kind of hanging out with friends and family, and you know, and uh, you know, kind of expanding do the, the business rent. thing yeah. and. Yeah, you know, we did a lot of charity events, and I think last year we did like 3,500 charity events across the country, and so we're always doing stuff with that, and that's, there's a lot of rewarding things you can do with your time. Sure, you know? sure. I mean, it's, it doesn't have to, you know, I, you know, I kind of just feel fortunate that, that you know, I've, you know, I live in this kind of gray area where a lot of times people are like, God, all you do is you work, so I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I like the people I work with. I like, <laughs> you know, I like my customers. You know, I, you know, I, mean, I like, you know, I like my corn people. And I mean, I, you know, I'm not so fortunate that I'm in the hospitality business, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a great way to go through life. You know, right. It's a, it's a great filter. You know. So, so how big fun. is how big is the team now? Uh, I think we're up to 103 right now. Wow! So it's it is uh, it's grown from a one man show, and and uh, you know it's they're they're some really cool people. So it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun when we all get together. Yeah, you know, good punch. Right, they right. put a smile on my face. How does it feel to go into a bar and say, "Give me some of that Tito's"? That must be the best feeling after all that you've been through. It is. It is really great. I mean, I I love it. It uh, it's it's really satisfying to go in and I mean now I'll like I'll sit there and I you know I'm watching like a movie or a TV show and I and of course I've done it for you know I I can look at a back bar and it takes me like you know you know a split second and I can see you know my brands on the back bar but every now and then i see it on the back bar you know i'll be watching tv and i see it on the back bar. I'm like there it is there it is so <laughs> yeah i'll stop and back it up my kids think i'm crazy you know but <laughs> no, it's exciting i'm you know i dig it i it's love fun. it i love it i love your story tito so if you could give someone out there who's thinking about jumping into becoming an entrepreneur what tips if you have a couple of tips to give them what tips would you give them <laughs> Well, uh, I think that first of all, uh, it's going to be an entrepreneur. I think that you have to do something that you love to do that you're good at. You know, I think that that is the best advice anybody can give you is just make the list of what you love to do. You know, draw a line down the middle. One side, what do I love to do? Other side, what am I good at? Show it to your best friend. Just make sure you're not kidding yourself. And if they're like, oh, yeah, that's you. And just come up with your dream job. You know, sometimes you got to just sit there and go, you know, you know what? I might not make a gazillion dollars, but, you know, I'm the lucky one that gets to do something that I love to do every day of my life. You know, and it, I mean, I know plenty of people that are like, you know, have a ton of money and are just absolutely miserable. And I don't know anybody that does what they love to do that they're good at every day, you know, that that's miserable. They're all happy. But I'd say that that's number one. Uh, secondly, it's like, you know, I mean, I tried to raise money and everybody thought that I was just way out on the limb and 
crazy and sort of I didn't I wasn't able to but but you know I did do a business plan I did you know did my budgeting and stuff and I would say that no matter how whatever the number is of money that you think that you're going to need to start your business I'd triple it and it just things just come up that you don't you know perceive and until you get into business so just you know whatever that number is triple it and go for that amount and then uh, for a third thing, I would say that the best thing, best advice I could give is that if people like you, they're going to help you. It's just a natural inclination that uh, people like to help people that they like. And uh, my granddad told me that one a long time ago. and. And he's right. I've had, you know, and I, you know, I started this thing on my own, but it was really not on my own. Maybe I didn't have any employees and stuff, but I had a lot of people that have helped me through the years and still help me every day. And uh, so I think that's a good piece of advice. If, if people like you, that they help you. So, you know, be a nice person, be a good person. And, you know, what goes around comes around, you know, People like to help people that are nice people. Right. I agree. Those are some great tips. Tito, you rock. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been so generous with your time and your expertise and all your experience. I know that listeners are going to fall in love with you. So can you share with the listeners how they can connect with you? You go on uh, on our website, you know, there's like, you know, there's like some funny, you know, if you go on our media, I, I love showing people some of these news clips from the early days because, you know, it kind of really, I think when people go and they see like a liquor brand, you know, and it's on the back bar in Manhattan or LA or something, you know, and they're like, like, you know, well, you know, I can't ever do that. You know, but I really feel like this country of ours, you know, is going through a resurgence where we've, you know, I mean, back when I was, you know, when I was, out of college in the 80s is, you know, everybody's like, oh, the Japanese are going to kill us. They're going to own the whole country, you know. And, and then we've gone through this thing where everybody's like, the Chinese, you know, they're going to just take over the whole country. And, you know, I just really believe that we're going through this this resurgence where people, you know, the society's changing. People like quality products and, you know, and people like buying American products, you know, as long as they're better than everybody else's. You know, I don't think you should buy American just because it's American. I think you ought to buy American because it's better than anybody else's. And and frankly, you know, a lot of the Chinese stuff I buy, I just got through buying, you know, I bought a, a, a some a chiller, and I'm, you know, and the and the thing sucks, and I'm just like, what, you know, what is, you know, why would they build? Who engineered this? And then, you know, I go check it out, and it's like Chinese. I'm just like going, man, you know. I mean, make quality products, you know, and people like buying quality products. And I think, I really think we're going through this resurgence where people are, people in America are making great products. You know, there's so many smart people in this country, you know, that get it, you know. These young folks out there these days, you know, you know, I mean, they get it. They're, you know, they understand and they're smart. You know, you know, my only criticism is that there's, you know, that a lot of the kids are all Facebooked out and scared to fail. And I'm just kind of like, I'm like, look, that's how you learn. That's how you, 
that's how you become successful is you sit there and you just, you know, you nut up, you go and you do it. You know, <laughs> if, if everybody tells you that you're crazy, then you know you're on track. You know, just go up and do it and, and just, you know, get the attitude. It's like, you know, I'm not scared, you know, and I can fail and I'm, I'll wear it as a badge of honor. You know, you can go Facebook all you want about what a failure I am. You know, and I'll just sit there and just say, hey, you know, who are you? You know, what did you try to do? You know, at least I'm out there trying, you know. I mean, just take every failure that you've ever had and just wear them, with, you know, like a carnation on your lapel just every day and let everybody know. You know, just wrap your arms around and say, yeah, you know, and I learned this and I learned this and I learned this and I learned this. You know, next thing you know, you'll come up with, you know, I mean, we, we won, what was like the most respected brands in the United States, you know, and we're like a little vodka company, you know, I never went to marketing. I, I'm, I'm a geologist, you know, I never went to business school, you know, I mean, just get out there and just do it and don't be scared. I you know? love it. Not up. Yeah. Get with it. You know? <laughs> I love it. The worst it. thing you can do is, to me, the worst thing you can do is you have this opportunity, you know, as stardust on this planet that lives on the actual surface of this planet that can, you know, lives at the water phase change between, you know, liquid and ice and vapor. You're breathing in stardust, you you know, you're exhaling it, you're drinking it in, you're eating it. You know, I mean, you know, you're an idea going through time and you're made out of stardust and all this other stardust and this whole cosmos Mars just wishes that it could just go through you. And it does. You got the same stardust going through you that you know, Jesus Christ and you know Julius Caesar and Abraham Lincoln and Genghis Khan and everybody else has ever has lived. If you're if you're over 14 years old, you have pieces of them in you. You know you can do whatever you put your mind to. You know just don't be scared. Just go out there and do it. You know get to the end of your life and get to where you're in your deathbed and you look back and go, God, dog it, that was awesome. Man, did I celebrate life, you know? Right. And that's how you ought to go through it. I love it. I love it. Tito, you rock. You are such a sweetheart. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Vivian. I hope that all your, your listeners just sit there and just do something great with their lives. And I look forward to meeting them all someday. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You have a great night. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, my beautiful people, that was my interview with Tito. Did you not fall in love with him? He is such a rock star. So I hope you guys received value from this episode of Girl on Purpose and all of Tito's great advice. Don't forget to stop by my website, VivianTenorio.com, and look for his episode on my website. In the show notes, I will include all of the links so that you can get connected with Tito and find some of that amazing vodka so you can try it for yourself. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining me for another episode. You know how much I appreciate you. I tell you that every time. Don't forget to subscribe to our iTunes channel so that you are always up to date with the latest interviews. All right, you guys, have an amazing day. I will see you guys back tomorrow.